Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right. How many is ready for week number two of ATM? Man, I'm excited um, about what God is going to do today. Um, obviously, we're using the Pixar film Up. Um, this is a movie that I actually utilized many years ago, um, and I brought it back for this year just because of the power of the message that is tucked in to this really awesome movie. In this movie, it has everything that you would want out of a good movie. Uh, there are serious moments, there are fearful moments, and even very funny moments in the movie. Now, in this film, there are three main characters. The first is Carl Fredrickson, who is a 78-year-old balloon salesman who gets married to the love of his life, and her name is Ellie. The other main character in the movie is a little boy by the name of Russell. He's eight years old, and he's a wilderness explorer who is full of enthusiasm. And our focus today is kind of a, a heavy topic given uh, such a fun movie, but I want to talk to you about the healing process. All throughout Scripture, God is revealed to us as the one who heals. He revealed himself to Moses in the Old Testament as a God who heals. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, the Bible says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God, and you do what is right in his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, he said, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. How many can testify today that our God is, in fact, a healer? Come on, you can do better than that if you believe that Jesus still heals. And I know... I know we're in at the movies, but I'm believing that people are going to leave this place today healed by the presence and the power of God. Our God is a healer. One of his names is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals us. Now, there's a difference between healing and miracles. And, and the difference between a healing and a miracle is that oftentimes healing is a process while a miracle is instant. That, that many times is what separates a, a healing from a miracle. Now, I do believe that God does uh, instantaneous miracles. How many believe that God does that? Uh, he does both healing and miracles, but I have learned that a lot of times healing is, is uh, not instant, but it is a process, that he performs instant miracles, but he also heals and healing, a lot of times, I've seen for, for many people, it does not happen overnight, but it takes place over time as they walk with God. And healing is not just about physical ailments. I believe God is going to heal physical ailments in this service today. But it's also the ability for God to heal spiritual ailments or, or emotional wounds that run deep, that the Holy Spirit wants to do a deep work on the inside of all of us, healing us and making us whole so that we can live the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. God wants us to be whole in all parts of our life. 
In this movie, we're going to look at how one man, Carl Fredrickson, he goes from happiness and joy to disappointment and frustration. But eventually, he begins to take steps towards healing. We're going to look at some clips, and we're also going to look at God's Word and see why sometimes we need healing, and, and sometimes we have to take steps in order to be healed. Do you remember when Jesus asked the man, do you want to be healed? It sounds like a, a dumb question. Obvious, obviously, I want to be healed. But a lot of times, healing uh, is a partnership between what God wants to do and your willingness to take steps toward healing. How many know we got to cooperate with God and be willing to take the steps needed so that we can, in fact, be healed? My setup line for this first clip is simply, life doesn't always go as planned. The movie starts out with so much life and expectation. Ellie has a ton of energy. She has all these dreams that she begins to share with Carl. They connect on several different levels, and they begin to live their lives as a married couple. Carl loves her dearly. And it's his desire to make all of her dreams a reality. They have everything planned out. Wouldn't it be great if life always went exactly how you had planned it out? Exactly. I mean, everything just the way you thought it up or dreamed it up. But we all know that life doesn't always go the way that we plan for it to go. And when life doesn't go the way that we plan for it to go, it can leave us, as it does Carl at the end of this clip, leave us disappointed. Most of us have had disappointments come our way because life didn't pan out the way we wanted it to or expected it to. It could have been a relationship that didn't work out. Maybe a job opportunity that didn't come your way. It might have been a diagnosis that you did not see coming. A wayward child that keeps doing the opposite of what you're asking or instructing them to do, a betrayal of some sort. All of us have had those kind of moments where life is just not going the way we thought it should go. Proverbs chapter number 19, verse number 21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 16 and 9 says, In his heart a man plans his course but the Lord determines his steps. As we saw in these clips, Carl and Ellie had a dream to live their lives together and to go to Paradise Falls in South America. Ellie had even put her husband on the spot by making him promise that he would, in fact, take her there. They were just kids at the time, but we all know when a woman makes a man promise anything, he better deliver. Come on, y'all. Even if they were kids at the time, he better deliver on the promise. They get married, they start this journey, they're living life together, and then they start saving up money for this once-in-a-lifetime trip to Paradise Falls, and this is where everything begins to break down. The car breaks down, the house needs repairs, medical bills start piling up. Ellie wants to have children, but she's not able to have children. And it seems like everything they plan for, none of it, is happening. None of it is going as planned. And with this realization, Carl does what any good husband would want to do in this situation. He thinks to himself, I'm going to make this happen. 
He buys the ticket to South America only to find out that once he gets the ticket, that the love of his life is not only sick, but she dies. And so in the movie, we can all sit back and take a step back and say that is a lot for one person to digest. It seems that nothing is working out for Carl or Ellie. And as far as Carl is concerned, life has become one big disappointment. How many know life can be difficult when none of your plans are working? When it seems that everything you had hoped for, goals you had written down, dreams that you had, they're not coming to pass, and it seems like the odds are consistently stacked against us. It's in these seasons that we, are, uh, we have a decision to make to either press on and move through that season, or we can be impacted to what we've gone through and end up feeling hurt, bitter, and offended, which is exactly what happens to Carl. And this is my setup line for this next clip. Hurt people hurt people. Unless you get healed, this is how you will begin to treat other people. Sometimes it's not even necessarily what you want to do, but if you haven't dealt with the wounds, the pain, the disappointment, the hurt, the offense, this is how you begin to treat the people around you. Proverbs chapter number 18, verse 19 says, A brother who has been hurt in his spirit is harder to be won than a strong city, and arguing is like the iron gates of a king's house. The Bible is very, very clear that a person hurt is hard to be won, and that arguing and contentions becomes a part of who that person is when they are not healed. We have all witnessed a hurt person who is consistently hurting other people. And he goes on to say that arguing is like an iron gate, an iron gate of a king's house. And this is where Carl meets the little kid by the name of Russell. And Russell, as you know, is a wilderness explorer that has come by to simply assist an elderly person so that he can be a senior wilderness explorer. And here we see Carl, he's alone and he's bitter. Life has not lived up to what he had hoped for or what he had planned for. Not only did he and Ellie not get to enjoy all the dreams that they had, but now she's gone. And Carl is not only hurt, Carl is negative. And here's one of the observations I've made of people that are always negative and mean to other people. When you meet someone and it's like, man, they are always mad, they are always negative, they are always in a fight with someone, the deeper issue many times is because they have been wounded and hurt themselves. And a lot of times the reason they are so rude and negative and always in an argument with someone is because they have never taken the steps to be healed themselves. That the root issue is that they have a wounded spirit, a wounded heart. And I'm not trying to justify anyone who intentionally hurts other people, but many times those people who are always hurting other people never really deal with the root of the issue. They are simply responding the best way that they know how. Carl is disappointed with life, and he has an attitude of, I don't even care any longer. That's the attitude that he has. And the result is he begins to treat people poorly. He begins by treating Russell poorly. He makes up a story just to get Russell out of his hair. 
He's mean to everyone. He's mean to the construction people outside of his house. Not only is he mean, he physically harms one of them for hitting his mailbox. Carl is then summoned to court, and the result is that he's going to have to leave his house behind where he and Ellie had built all these memories for a retirement home, and that just added another layer to the disappointment. In the meantime, he takes out his frustration on everyone around him. Hurt people always hurt other people. And maybe you're in this room today and you've been hurt by someone close to you. Maybe they said something negative. Maybe they did something negative. I want you to stop for just a minute if you are in a season of pain or a season of hurt, and I want you to ask yourself, how has this impacted me? Am I short with people because of those feelings? Are you now being mean to those closest to you because of those feelings? Are you neglecting the relationships that God brings into your life? Because, listen, life can go in a million different ways, and sometimes it doesn't go the way that we had planned for it. But if we don't choose to get healed and to get better, we will negatively impact every single relationship that God brings into our life. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them it's time to get healed. That's the wrong neighbor. Tell somebody else it's time to get healed. It's time. It's time to take a step. And so I want to ask you before we watch this next clip, what steps are you going to take? The question becomes, are you going to stay hurt, bitter, and offended? Are you going to continue to treat others the way you've been treated? Are you going to complain for the rest of your life? Are you going to continue to live as a victim or and this is what I hope, are you going to become everything God has called you to be? Regardless of what hurt came in your direction, what pain has come in your direction, are you going to take some positive steps so that God can bring some healing into your life? The scripture is very clear that faith is action. Faith is not observation. James said, faith without works is what? It's dead. It's dead. I understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but I also understand that you've got to be willing to do something with what you've heard. Faith comes by hearing, but faith produces results by doing. James also said that we prove that we have faith by what we do. And so the retirement home, they come to pick Carl up. And Carl had thought about everything, and he decided that he was left with two options. I could either stay hurt and bitter, or I can get up and do something radical with my life. Listen, the hard truth is that we don't have a right to stay disappointed. This is going to make some people mad right now because when we're hurt, we think we have a right to stay hurt. We think we have a right to remain a victim, to stay offended. And some of you have been offended for five years. My question is, is when are you going to get up over that? When are, when are you going to take some steps out of what you came through? When, when are you going to move towards healing? And some of us, we want to play the victim and, and, and remain the victim instead of becoming who God has called us to be. We really don't have a right to continue to hurt people just because we've been hurt. At some point, we must decide that we're not going to live this, this way, that we're going to take some steps in the right direction. 
That's why I'm calling this message the healing process. I know that our God is a healer, but we must decide that we want to be healed. And what I've learned is that a lot of people, they are hurt and they are bitter, and because they remain there so long, it now defines them. Uh, I hate to say it like this, but some people have been there so long, uh, I would go as far as to say they enjoy their bitterness. They enjoy being the victim. They have been the victim so long, they can't identify with victory. They can only identify with being a victim. And some people, let me just be real bold. You guys know me by now. I'm going to be really bold. Some people just want to be coddled. And people have coddled you for years, not understanding they are enabling your dysfunction. When you first get hurt, when you go through a season of pain, it is perfectly okay for the people of God to ask you, are you okay? How are you? How can I pray for you? But if it's been five years and they're still asking, are you okay? It's time to stop asking, are you okay? And it's time to start asking, do you want to get well? Do you want to get up out of this mess? Do you want to change direction in your life? And we got to be willing to have some crucial conversations with people that have gotten stuck as a victim. The gospel of the kingdom is not about constantly giving people a handout, but it is about giving them a hand up. What steps are you, ta- are you taking today? Because if you're not moving towards healing, then you are not prepared to be healed. You guys know the definition of insanity, right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That is insanity. And here's the deal. We have to continue to live because here's the truth. Regardless of how bad the pain is, how much it hurts, how bitter you've been, life goes on. It continues to move. It doesn't stop just because we, we planned one thing and now the result is another thing. What does this mean, Pastor Chad? It means that we got to do everything in our power to continue to live. And I'm not talking about existing from day to day. I'm talking about, uh, not talking about just trying to get by. I am talking about the abundant life that Jesus has for you. He wants you whole physically. He wants you whole spiritually. He wants you whole mentally. He wants you whole emotionally. That is the life Jesus has for you. But you got to be willing to take steps towards healing. The four lepers in the Old Testament, y'all remember the four lepers who said, why sit here until we die? We can either sit here and die or we can get up and start moving in the right direction. And what I love about the movie is that Carl decided to change his outlook. He was willing to do something radical. He ties balloons to his house and he decides, I'm going to go where me and Ellie had always planned to go. The truth is, is that we need to change our perspective because there are other people in the world. This is the wake-up call for Carl in the movie. He has made a decision to take some steps towards bettering his life, and what he didn't know is that when the balloons were tied to the house, that Russell was in the house. And... He realizes in this moment, I'm not the only one who's been through a rough season. 
Russell, the wilderness explorer, doesn't have the best home life. And for the first time in a long time, Carl realizes that it's not all about him. Jesus said in Matthew 22, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest of the laws. The second is like it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Many times the reason we're miserable and can't get past that misery is because our focus is only on ourselves. Jesus clearly taught that our main focus is not ourselves. As a matter of fact, he said to be in the kingdom literally means to deny yourself. The first two things on the list does not even involve you. It involves God and others. But we get so focused on our own life, our own struggles, our own pain, we don't understand that when we do that, life gets worse because it's not meant to focus on ourselves. It's meant to worship God and love others. And as we worship God and love others, God can begin healing us. Maybe, maybe you can't get past it because you're still focused on you. Have you ever met someone that was so self-absorbed that they couldn't even hear what you were saying? Maybe you're talking to them, you're having a conversation with them, and you knew they don't even hear what you're saying because they're only thinking about what they want to say back. Some people are so self-absorbed that the only person they like to hear speak is themselves. Please don't look at the person sitting next to you this morning. But we've all met those people that are so self-absorbed and they only want to talk about themselves and about their ideas and about their opinions. And I want to help somebody today. And I don't know how to say this any nicer. You don't know everything. I thought I would get one hand clap right there. You just, you just don't know everything. You, you don't have all the answers. Matter of fact, if you could stop talking for about five minutes, you might learn something. For the first time in a long time, Carl realized that you know what, life's not all about me. He realized that it wasn't just about his disappointments. For the first time, he realized that maybe all these disappointments could be used to help someone else who, have, who has also been disappointed. I want to say this real strong. Until you get God and others before yourself, you will continue to be miserable and in need of healing. Because fulfillment in life doesn't begin with you. Fulfillment in life begins with God and others. Jesus summed up the entire law that way. Check this out. You have to give up the past in order to step into your future. Philippians chapter number 3 verse 13 says, No Christian brothers, I do not have that life yet. But I do one thing. I forget everything that is behind me and I look forward to that which is ahead of me. You have to give up the past in order to step into the future. And Carl finally comes to the understanding that until he lets go of some of this hurt and pain, that he's not going to be able to embrace his future. He understands that if he doesn't let go of the past, he has no future. And he realized that his future was connected to Russell. That Russell needed him to let go of the past so that he could be mentored by Carl. And I want to ask you this morning, who is it in your life that needs you to let go of something in the past so that you can enjoy a fruitful relationship?
Is it a spouse, a child, a mom, a dad, an employer, an employee? Who, who is it in your life that needs you to let go of something in the past so that they can embrace a future with you? As hard as it sounds, we are commanded in Scripture to let go of the past and reach forward to what God has for us. We are not prepared for our future until we can let go of the past. We are not qualified for our future until we can let go of the past. Here's an important truth that we must consider. Some of us are frustrated with our present because we have not let go of something that happened in the past. We cannot enjoy the present until we let go of the past. And understand this, just as hurt people hurt people, healed people heal people. As the worship team joins me on the platform this morning, I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand to your feet. And in closing, Matthew chapter 10, verse number 8, Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said, heal the sick and those with bad skin diseases. Raise the dead, put out demons. Here's the line I wanted to focus on. You have received much, now give much. Jesus was letting his disciples know that what he had done for them could be given to others. He called them together, he anointed them, gave them power over sickness, disease, demons, and said, freely you have received, now freely give. But I want to remind us as a congregation this morning that we cannot give what we do not have. If we are hurt, bitter, and offended, we are useless to the people around us. But if we have been healed, we can take that which has been given to us and we can share that with other people. That is exactly what happened to Carl in the movie. He moved from hurt, bitterness, and offense to healing. And this healing was not overnight. It was a journey. It was a process. It was something that had to be walked out. I want to encourage people today, instead of using your hurts and wounds as an excuse on why you don't allow God to bring healing into your life, that you begin to open up your life and allow God to heal you so that you can be a source of encouragement for someone around you. Listen, other people should be better off because we are here. Others should benefit from your struggle. Some of you have not learned the beauty of leveraging your struggle to benefit someone else. You wallow in the struggle. You talk about the struggle. You analyze the struggle. When are you gonna stop doing all of that, get healed so that you can leverage the struggle you went through to be a source of life, a source of healing, a source of deliverance for another person? I want you to bow your heads all over this room, no one looking around for the next couple of moments. I'm gonna speak first and foremost to those that are in this room that would say, Pastor, I may need healed, that, that may be true, but before I can even begin the healing journey, it's gonna start by me submitting my life to Christ. I'm not following Jesus right now, but today I wanna to make a decision to follow him. I wanna follow Jesus. I need him to save me, forgive me. I wanna start a brand new life with Christ. I'm not gonna prolong this, but if you're in this room and you say, Pastor, you're talking to me, I need to make some things right with God. I need to get saved. I need to follow Jesus. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. 
If that is you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, you're talking to me, Pastor. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. Anyone at all? Thanks for this hand over here. God bless you. I see it here on the third row. Anyone else? You say, that that's me. Anyone else? I want to follow Jesus. Anyone else? if our feeds are still up, but if you're online and want to give your life to Christ, you can pray with us. I want every voice to be lifted together. Let's all pray out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself, so I ask you, Jesus, to save me. Forgive me. I choose to follow you. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God a praise right there? Come on, it's so good. Now listen, this, this next part of the service is highly important because we didn't come to a church service and watch this movie and hear this message just to go home and still need healed. God brought you to this place for something to happen. He brought you to this place so that you don't have to leave the same exact way as you walked in. And so I'm gonna ask that my prayer team and staff, if you would come and get in place, the worship team has a song that it's gonna go right along with what I just preached. It is gonna set this room up beautifully. It's gonna be a time of worship. But I want to encourage you, if you need healing, whether that be spiritually, mentally, physically, or watch this, even emotionally, you have deep wounds that need to be healed. These altars are going to be open for you. The rest of us, we're going to worship God and set an atmosphere for God, the Holy Spirit, to move in your life. But I don't want you to leave this place the same way you came in. I want you to leave changed by the presence and the power of God. If you believe that God can change someone's situation today, can you give Jesus the best praise that you have so far? Come on, let's give it up to Jesus. These altars are open. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.